Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Matthew 28, verse number 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. Amen. Isn't that good? When they saw him, they worshipped him. Amen. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Aren't you glad for that? All power is given to him. And then he said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. You can be seated. We know this is the Great Commission. I looked it up because the Great Commission is not in the Bible, by the way. And I looked it up and I believe there was some guy in somewhere about 1600 that came up with the term Great Commission. Um, and uh, so this is not something that, that the Bible calls it. It's just, but, but isn't this the Great Commission? And, and I would offer to you this morning that if, that if you would look at uh, Matthew 16, which we've looked at, upon this rock I'll build my church, and then you'd look at this Great Commission here uh, in Matthew 28, you'd look at Acts chapter 2 and Ephesians chapter 4, uh, those are the, the premier chapters in all of the Word of God on what church is. And can, we get, can you guys work with me here? It doesn't matter what you think church is, it matters what Jesus thinks church is, Right? And, and he's given us some pretty clear things. And what got me thinking on this subject is, is there's so much of what the New Testament says doesn't really look like what we think church is. Right? So we want to get what church is, what, what the Lord says church is. So, so we're going to dig into this, uh, this great commission here just in a minute. But just to bring everyone up to speed, we've been doing this. We've made a big deal out of this series. And, and let's just think about the, what I think the Bible clearly teaches us about, um, b- about church. Every Christian is placed by the Spirit. Now guys, that 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians is just clear. Every Christian is placed by the Spirit. He wants you to be somewhere. May not be here, but He wants you to be somewhere. The Spirit then sets a pastor over the people to teach them, to preach to them what thus saith the Word of God. Membership gives approval and protection uh, to those that are there. It, it, it offers, the brothers and sisters are saying, I believe that you are a Christian and we are protected from all of the, the deceptions outside of the church. <clears throat> and then we are to preach all the principles and that's how we reach sanctification uh, by, by understanding all of the word of God. <clears throat> so let's look at uh, this, this text. 
What a tremendous text, and typically this is used in a um, evangelistic way. Typically this is used in a, we need to go out and reach the lost world, and surely that is what it says. And, and, and Jesus made it clear. I like what it says in verse uh, 17, and some doubted. <laughs> I don't have time to go into that, but I get, get the picture. This is the resurrected Christ. He died, he rose again, he comes to them. Some fall down in worship and some say, nah, I'm just not sure yet. <laughs> Are you guys getting that? It's the resurrected Lord. He's, he, he has defeated death, he's defeated the devil, he is a risen Savior. And some said, I, they still doubt. But then he says, well, don't worry. He said, I have all power. I can overcome the devil, I can overcome everything that you will face. I have all power. Now go out and build my church. And as we've already learned, the gates of hell, they can't stop you. <clears throat> and so we have that. And then he says to baptize, to baptize. We made the, uh, a couple messages ago, we made the, the observation. And I believe this is what it was in Acts chapter 2. I believe it's what it was in the New Testament church. But baptism, when you came and you got saved, when you got baptized, you were a part of the church. That, that was what baptism was, it was baptizing into the church. Many Baptist churches still do that. That used to be the way most Baptist churches did it. And it says, baptize them, get them in the church. But here's the part I want to focus on this morning. Teaching them to observe all things. He didn't say the parts we like. He didn't say most of it. He didn't say some of it. He said, you go... Tell lost people about Jesus, you baptize them, get them to be a part of the church, and then you preach everything my word says. All things. And he said to observe all things. I think in the English, uh, I think that kind of comes across as, yeah, you know, you look at it, you think about it, you decide whether you want to or not. That's not what it means in the Greek. Okay, this means to very carefully be attentive to do what this says. Okay, so when Jesus says observe, that is a command to for us to to teach those that are here to do everything whatsoever I have commanded you. And then I love it. He says, and lo, I am with you always, even into the end of the world. When you're struggling, when it's hard, when it's difficult, I'm with you. So he has all power. He's given us a clear job to do. And he said, I will be with you through the whole thing. Now, does anybody know, just, just real easy to figure this out, but does anybody know when he's not with us? When we're not doing this. Does that make sense? He said, if you're going and seeing lost souls saved, if you're going and, and baptizing people, bring them in church, and if you're teaching them all things, I will be with you. And I have all power. And the devil cannot come against you. And guys, that's what church is. That's what church is. So real quickly, I, I want to, uh, um, uh, Brother Ben preached this at the, at the state uh, meeting, and I'm not going to re-preach his message, but I, I want us to, to understand this. It's a big catchphrase today in, in all across the nation now is make disciples, make disciples, make disciples, right? And, and we've talked much here at Sand Hill. Brother Miguel has, has taken under his wing those that are new converts, and he's been teaching them, and, and praise God for that. And we've talked about we need to do more than, okay, you got saved at the altar, now go on and figure it out on your own. We need, we need to make disciples. But making disciples is more 
than teaching new converts some Bible knowledge. Let's look at what being a disciple is. Luke, Luke 9.23, if you'll look at that with me. Um, and, there, and there are many, many scriptures we could use for this, but this one makes it pretty clear what being a disciple is. Uh, Luke 9.23, <clears throat> he says, And he said unto them, if, may, if any man will come after me, if any man will be a Christian, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Now that's basically what Sunday school was about this morning. Amen? Those of you that here, that's basically what Sunday school was about. But listen guys, making disciples is getting new Christians, new converts to the place where the flesh no longer has a place and they're just sold out to Jesus. Do you guys see that? Making, making disciples, we can get it confused and think we're going to teach them some Bible facts. We're going to, we're going to teach them about the Bible and, there's, and, and it's great to teach them Bible. But what we're really, what we're trying to do is we're trying to take new converts and make them completely sold out to Jesus. Amen? So, so that is making disciples. That is Jesus' definition of making disciples. We're not going to just try to belabor the point. I just hope you understand that is what the Bible teaches. Uh, being a disciple is being fully sold out to Jesus. Now, this is very controversial. I don't know that it's controversial in this church. It's very controversial in, in Christianity. But the New Testament does, doesn't separate believers and disciples. Again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time belaboring this point, but we have this thing now where we think, well, you get saved and you can be a Christian. And if you really want to reach that mark, you can become a disciple. Jesus never looked at it that way. He said, you get them saved and they will be my disciple. Are you guys following this? Is that making sense? So you're going to get saved and you're going to be sold out to Jesus and there's no other option. And if that's not the process that happens, something's wrong. And I can just say today, there's an awful lot of people who are coming to the altar saying they get saved. And, and you know, we have, we have and, and praise God, we don't have it here at Sand Hill, but praise God, uh, there, there is that very, very popular thought of, I got saved at the altar, I come to church Sunday morning, I checked the box that I went to church, and the rest of the week is for me. I don't commit adultery, I don't get drunk, I don't cuss, and I go to church Sunday morning. That's what it takes to be a Christian. Does that sound like a disciple to anybody here? That does not sound like a disciple. Can I say you can do all those things and go straight to hell? Right? And here's a funny little thing. Acts chapter 2 in particular, you can't read that and think those people were casual about church. Do you know that church was their life? It was their everything. You know, we talked in Sunday school. I thought Amanda had a great point. Uh, uh, there, there are things in this world we have to do. I'm guessing all of you like to have money. I'm guessing all of you like to have something neat and a place to live. God never says we can't make a living. God never says we can't get educated. God never says we can't have nice things. You know what he says? Those things can't even matter to you compared to me. That's what he says. 
Right? So we, and I think it's really, really bad doctrine. I think it was discussed. I think it's really, really bad doctrine to tell Christians you just have to uh, uh, stay in a sheltered life and never be exposed to the world and never have anything. That's bad doctrine. Bible doesn't say that. Bible says, I am first above everything. And you're going to love me so much that even your mom and dad, you hate them compared to me. That's how much you're going to love me. And if I bless you with a brand new vehicle or a brand new house or a brand new job or, or a PhD or anything else, you're going to say all of that means nothing to me compared to Jesus. Are you guys with me? So that's being a disciple. And so there is no being a Christian and not being a disciple. Being a disciple is being sold out. And in America today, that is a very, very uh, um, confusing doctrine that a lot of people have bought into. And we've said this many times, but just real quickly, I think COVID cleaned a whole lot of those non-disciples out, right? And, and I trust that here at Sand Hill, I trust that most of you here that are here this morning are disciples. I trust that you are disciples. I, I think that's what we have going on here at church. Let me give a real quick rabbit trail here. I, I told Mr. Renee... I'm kind of slow, Brother Charles. It takes me a long time. It only took me 56 years to figure this out, but I, I, I'm a little slow figuring this out. But I, I, I'm just, I marvel all the time. I was talking today. I marvel all the time. Why is it Sand Hill so much fun to go to? Why is it so much fun to be a pastor here? Why is it so much fun to be a church here? And so many churches fight all the time and they argue and there's bickering back and forth and there's divisions and, and we've had that here and, and, and I've pastored like that. And, and I thought, why is it we don't fight? Why is it you guys aren't constantly coming and chewing me out? Why is it we just come here and we worship Jesus? Brother Kevin, you want to know the answer to that question? Because yes. we tell you guys all the time, you guys don't matter. Because if you matter, then if someone steps on your feelings, you get to get puffed up and mad at them because you matter. But when you don't matter, it don't matter. And when I figured that out, I thought the reason things are going so good around here is because it's all about Jesus and it is not about us. Amen. And if you're going to, I have to have my way and I want my way and I am important and everybody better do what I say or I'm going to get mad, you're not going to fit in very well around here. Because we're coming here because we love Jesus. And it makes a huge difference. And, and so we are disciples at Sand Hill Church, not, not just believers. May I remind you quickly, the devil believes and trembles. He's not going to make it to heaven. Believing is not what gets us there. It is being a disciple. <clears throat> So if we understand what that is and what this text is telling us in Matthew 28, if we understand that, we, we will then know that the church, what is the church? The church is to be making disciples, not just teaching the Bible. So we are not here to come out every Sunday and learn about uh, all the little different fun stories in the Bible and take away a little, little uh, a nugget that goes away. We are coming here every Sunday to equip the saints to be disciples. That's why we come here. Josh said a long, long time ago, he's been teaching this Sunday school thing for uh, three years or four years, whatever it's been, a long, long time. And he said, long time back, he said, I just can't believe, he says, every Sunday I come out here and I beat you guys up and you come back the next Sunday. <laughs> Isn't that something? And on Sundays, often we're being challenged. You're being told you're nothing. We're being told it's all about Jesus. And you guys keep coming back. You know what? We're equipping you to be disciples. We're not babying you to be something that's not biblical. 
And it is changing our lives. And it is changing our church. So, so we are, are to be making disciples. Uh, um, and that's what this scripture tells us, is to teach them to observe all things. Make disciples. So, so number two, all things. We talked, I think last time, last Sunday, I believe, we preached on, on preaching the principles of the Bible. We as the preachers of this church, we as those in leadership, do not get to pick our favorite uh, sins, our favorite pet peeves, our favorite little things we want to think. We are challenged to teach all of the Word of God. Right? And a good preacher, a good pastor is going to preach everything the Word of God says. Now, obviously, uh, that, that takes a long time. But, what my, but the point is, you don't get hung up on your favorite little things you want people to do. You preach everything the Bible says. Paul said, I have not failed to give you the whole counsel of God. And so we are to be preaching all things, all that the Bible says, and plainly tells us there in verse 20, teach them and observe all things. Everything that I've told you, have them give it to you. And when Jesus said all things, what he was saying was the New Testament. And we know that the Old Testament, we've been learning how that, 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 that points us to the New Testament, but the all things of, of Jesus, uh, his uh, commandments for us is, is everything that the New Testament teaches us. So we're to be teaching all things, but not only are we to preach the Bible, how many of you believe we are to live the Bible? It's great to come out here and be hearing the Word of God preached every Sunday, but how many of you know if we don't live what it says, it really doesn't make a whole lot of difference. We just have a whole lot smarter sinners is all we have. We don't want smarter sinners. We want better disciples. And so we are coming here to learn what God expects of us, and then we just automatically think, okay, we're going to do what God expects of us. And that is equipping the saints. And back to being fun pastoring this church. When I preach, it's not always been this way, but when I preach, I do think, whether it's hard, whether it's easy, I do think they're going to do what the Bible says. I have so much confidence in all of you guys. If I can get you guys to understand this is what the Bible says, you guys will do it. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it awesome to go to a church that if I can show you this is what God says, you guys will do it because you guys want to be disciples. You guys want to be sold out for the Lord. And praise God how exciting that is uh, to be pastoring a church like that and to be a part of a church like that. I hope that you as a lay member feel how exciting it is to be a part of a church like that. Very important, the next point, this is, this is really critical. What is Church. Church should take new converts from baptism to full disciples every time. Do you realize how, what's the word, unnormal that is? How many churches all across this country, they see people saved, and, and again, they might be the model of you just come church Sunday morning, put some money in the tithe, don't commit adultery, don't drink, and you can go to heaven. But how strange it is to say, when you get saved, we expect you to be fully sold out, 100%, and that's where we're going to push you till you get there. Can I tell you, I think that's what the Bible teaches. 
I think everybody is supposed to be getting there. So if you're following these four messages that I've preached on what is the church, being a part of the church is not having it all together. Being a part of the church is not being mature and sinless and doing nothing wrong. Being a part of the church is saying, I'm getting in line to be a full sold out disciple. And when I get in the church, I know what they expect is that I will end up a full sold out disciple. Now, it may take me six months. It may take me two years. It might take me five years. But I am on my journey to listening to what the Bible says and doing everything the Bible says to become a sold out disciple for Jesus Christ. See, there's one thing I think we get a little confused in. Let, let me see if I can just give you this real quick. I think we get a little confused in this. If I, if, I could, if I could just use this, and Melissa, I hope this will be okay for me to use you as an example, but if I could use Melissa and Josh as an illustration, who do you think God expects more out of? Is it possible that, that Josh lives what we would say, boy, look how good a life he lives, and Melissa is just starting out, and God says, I'm a whole lot more pleased with Melissa than I am with Josh. Did you guys see that? Because it isn't how we judge. God says, where's your heart? Where are you at? If you've come into this thing and you're living with all of your heart, the best you know how, where you're at, God says, I approve of that. Now, us outsider Christians say, they're not near as good as we are. No, 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 no. God said they got on the track and they're working towards full discipleship. If they're on the track, I approve. And if you've been on this thing 40 years and you ain't no farther than that, I don't approve of you. You two know I was just using for illustration. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just showing the, those who have not been saved a long time and those who have been saved a long time. Those who have been exposed to the Word of God a lot and those who have been exposed to it less. See, it's not how we judge. God judges it. And therefore, if we're going to look at membership, membership has always been, uh, boy, once you become a church, you've got to be perfect. You've got to do this right. You've got to do this right. You've got all these rules. You've got to you live up this mark. And if you're going to be a member of church, you're not going to make any mistakes. I don't think that's biblical. What about the book of Acts? Someone talk about the book of Acts. Day of Pentecost, 3,000 people get saved. And they baptized them, and they're members of the church. How many of you think out of that 3,000 people, there were some people doing things they shouldn't be doing? Members of the church. Now, Jerusalem soon came, and scholars tell us probably tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, became members of the Jerusalem church. you got to realize, every one of them was a new convert every one of them had some really sinful ways they hadn't put away yet but they were members of the church okay what was important the church became their life they sat under the doctrine of the apostles they were together in eating and drinking and praying together that's what we're doing here guys that's what we're doing here and can I just say this um, I'm I, I just going to say it. You can't come here, do everything we're doing, everything we're asking you to do, and not be growing as a disciple. You have to intentionally be rebellious. 
If you're doing everything, if you're coming to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, doing the strategic comprehension, doing the small group studies, coming to the men's ministry, coming to the women's ministry, if you're doing all that, you cannot help but grow as a disciple. You would have to intentionally rebel against God. Do you guys see the picture? And so that's what we're doing is we're not judging you on your, well, you're not where I'm at. No, we're judging you as are you on the track moving towards becoming a disciple? So all things, but everyone has to believe there. And according to this statement, uh, churches to make, or where, where am I at? Every time, uh, according to that, the yeah, church should, church should make new converts from baptism to full disciple every time. If we have someone who gets saved and they don't really want to come to church, and they don't want to listen to the preaching, and they don't want to move up to what God's saying, something's wrong. You know what could be wrong? They never got saved. Because if you genuinely got saved, something happens inside of you. Kevin and Melissa and and, and some of the some of the ones are here. They've they've not been in church a long time. Kevin testified last Sunday night at the Sunday Sunday. He says, "You guys just wouldn't believe how my life is different." Right? It 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 does something to you. It changes your life. That is what church is. That is what God meant it to be. If it is not that, uh, then we are not a New Testament church. <clears throat> and this is my, this is my, I guess, point of this whole thing. I believe this is membership. I believe membership is saying, this is where God has placed me. I want to be under the teaching of the Word of God. I want to apply the Word of God to my life until I become a full, sold-out disciple for Jesus Christ. That is what I want. And again, very different thought than what we have maybe thought of, of uh, membership in the past. So let's look at covenant people. Um, you know, covenants seem like it's a scary thing, scares everybody to death, making a covenant. You know, marriage is a covenant, and, and, and there's different covenants we can enter into. The Bible is full of covenants. Um, a covenant is a, when we say covenant people, what we're saying is a group of people who come together agreeing upon, uh, upon something, Brother Terry, but this, by the way, this is Brother Terry's theology. He's, he's already told me this. But Brother Terry's theology is that everybody here should be driving a Chrysler, okay? That's his, that's his covenant. Now, if we want to enter into that covenant, now we all agree that we ought to be driving covenants, right? Some of you have a little problem with that. But anyways, that's what Brother Terry's covenant. Now, now, I'll say that jokingly, but that is a covenant. It is all of us agreeing together. When we come here, we're all in this, this mindset. Now, the Free Will Baptists have a, have a covenant, and I've studied it out. I actually think it's a very, very good covenant. I actually think it's an excellent covenant. If you are now a member of this church, you had that covenant read to you. If I could say this, and, and I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. But if I could say this, I would say about 99% of our members that are members now who had that covenant read to them have no idea what it says or even what it means. Didn't when it was read to them and don't now, Right. And you guys ever go get a loan for a bank and they've got 37 pieces of paper they want you to sign and the guy sitting across the desk says, there's a whole long paper of, of from top to bottom written and he says, uh, this means uh, we're not going to give your information out. 
right? And you sign it. Then there's another meaning. See, if you read all of that, you think, what in the world does that mean? Well, that's almost, the, the church covenant is written like, it's, it's a really good thing, but it's, it's complex and it's deep. And I think it's a great goal. Maybe it's something we should promote more or whatever. But it's not something you really grasp or understand. And when you're standing here, you're just scared to death. And you, you're not paying attention. You don't know what it means anyway. And if the pastor doesn't tell you wrong, hey, I'm right. And I dare say that not only did you not understand when you became a member, but I dare say most of you who have been members of this church for years and years and years don't understand the Free Will Baptist Doctrine or Covenant. So I, they say that vision statements ought to be simple. The professionals who have studied this out, you know, many churches started coming, you know, you're a pastor, you think, man, I want to make, I want to have a vision statement that just encompasses every last thing we ever want to do. And it's three pages long and no one remembers it. No one knows what it is. And it's just, it means nothing. So they tell us, scholars tell us, if you want a good, and this goes for businesses, this goes for churches, if you want a good business, it needs to be simple and something they will remember. Something you can just repeat over and over and over again. I can't get up here and recite to you five paragraphs every Sunday to make you guys remember it, right? You guys never remember that. But it's got to be simple and it's got to be something that they can repeat to them and something that they can remember. So we, we've, we've preached this before, but we came up with our vision statement uh, some time back. This is straight out of Matthew 28. We here at Sand Hill are to teach the Bible. Can I get an amen? amen. We are to live the Bible. Amen? We are to reach the lost and see them saved, and then we are to teach them to live the Bible. And then we'll just repeat it again. Guys, that's Matthew 28, that is Ephesians chapter 4, that is Matthew 16, that is Acts chapter 2, that, that is all of the New Testament. That is what church is, is teach the Bible, live the Bible, see the law saved, teach them to live the Bible, repeat. Can I say if we will do that, we're covering all of our bases. So here's what I propose. <clears throat> I have struggled with this. I have thought about this for a very, very long time. But here's what I propose. I propose that this vision statement become our covenant for the Sand Hill Church. You say, I'd like to be a member, but I don't want to keep all those rules. I'd like to be a member, but I don't want to do this and this and this. I'd like to be a member, but I don't want to be accountable. Well, first question you got to ask is, is this where God placed you? If you don't know if this is where you belong, then I would strongly encourage you to find out where God has placed you. And maybe it's not here. I, I'm not here trying to drag you out. I, I don't want to do that. But if you know this is where God wants you, could you agree, could you covenant with us that we're going to come here every Sunday and we're going to teach the Word of God? Could you covenant with us that we want to live what the Bible says. Could you covenant with us that we don't want people to go to hell and we're going to try to reach the lost souls so they'll be saved? Could you covenant with us once they get saved as new converts, we want to teach them the Bible to live it so they can be disciples? And do you want to do that all over again? See, I don't think it has to be complicated. I don't think it has to be hard to understand. I don't think it has to be controversial. I think it just has to be what the Bible says. And 
<clears throat> maybe I should stop right here and say, <laughs> maybe I should, should say this right here. I don't have the authority to do what I just told you. We have a lot of things in our Constitution and, and different things that probably all need to be changed. And, and, and I've struggled with this for a long time, so what I'm, what I'm preaching to you, what I think God is leading us to do is, is this, and it doesn't line up with all of our Constitution. So, so I don't have the authority to, to say dogmatically, but do you know who does have the, the authority to make what I am saying the law of the land? You guys do. Now, I'm telling you, I think this is what God wants us to do. And though I don't have the authority to say this is how it will be, in other words, I as a pastor don't have the, the, the power to change our constitution, change our laws, but I do have the power to say this is what I believe God wants us to do, and you as the congregation, the members have the authority to say we want to do that, and if we want to do that, then what that means is we start saying you don't have to be perfect to be a part of our church. You don't have to be mature and have it all together. You don't have to be, to be sinless and perfect. What you have to be is a born-again Christian who is baptized who says, I want to become a disciple and come to church every Sunday with a heart that says, teach me the Bible so I can live the Bible. And if you want to do that, be a member of our church. And I just tell you, see, I, some of you that haven't been here a long time, but Charles, not everybody understands, that's like way out in left field. Right? We gotta have all these rules and we've got to have all these things. You gotta be a perfect Christian. You can't, you know, I've had people say, Oh, they're a member of our church and they did this. They said something they shouldn't say, you need to go remove them as a member. See, I don't I don't think that lines up with the Bible. Because I haven't seen anybody yet there who doesn't mess up all the time. Okay? But I do see people at Sand Hill Church who come to church every Sunday, I believe, with a desire to hear what God says and do what God says. And to the best of my ability, I'm preaching from my heart, but from the best of my ability, that's what God expects. And if you come to this church and you get baptized or you come from another church and you become a member and you take up a part of this church and you come here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and you reject the Word of God and you're not interested in the Word of God and you won't live the Word of God and you live intentionally disobedient, then that tells us you're not a Christian and you shouldn't be a part of our church. You say, Pastor, that's mighty simple. I say, I don't think God made this thing to be complicated. I think he made this thing for everybody. Let, let me remind you, I do not say there's any disrespect at all. Please understand what I'm saying. But may I remind you that probably most of the people in the church, even on the day of Pentecost, were uneducated and couldn't read. Listen, they didn't have big scholarly things. And there wasn't great complex things that no one could understand. I believe Peter told them, you know, Jesus died for your sins and he went to the grave and he rose again. And he went back to heaven. And if you don't want to go to hell, you need to believe in Jesus Christ and, and come to church and eat with us every Sunday and you'll become a disciple. Is that too simple? And I don't think those people are saying, well, I need three textbooks to understand that. No, they said, get saved, get baptized. Be a part of the church and listen to everything we say and try your best to do it. Amen. So, so that is all strange. I have one more strange thing for you. Okay. 
I'm just full of strange. All right. I'm full. Kevin? You la- you, we can hear you laughing, brother. And know you're laughing at me. <laughs> that will get you in trouble, I'm just saying. All right. Now, I don't have the power to do any of this. And, and, and whatever happens after this, you guys can throw out all four of these messages and, and whatever happens after this. But I'm being as serious as I possibly can. I think we are at a phenomenal place in our church. I believe if we just follow the Lord, I believe God will do tremendous things. But here's what I would like to propose. I would like to propose today, if you are a member of Sand Hill Church today, that you re-enlist under the new covenant. I want to put my name on that list first. I want to enlist as a new member under that covenant at Sand Hill Church. You say, what are you going to do if someone is a member now and they don't want to enlist? I don't know. But here's my vision. Everybody here is under the same covenant. That is, we learn the Bible, we live the Bible, we see lost souls saved, we teach them to live the Bible, and we do it again. We all ought to be in agreement on that. And guys, I struggle if we can't agree on that. I struggle if we can't agree on that. So I've give you a whole lot of strange this morning. But what I'm proposing is if you're here this morning and you've not been saved very long, if you're here this morning and you don't have it all together, if you're here this morning and you still know you've got some things you've got to deal with, if you're willing to come to church to hear the Word of God, move up to it, and be a disciple, why can't you be a part of our church? <laughs> I put my name second. So... I suppose, I believe this is what God wants. I believe this is what God has led me to. I believe this is what God showed me to. Probably only Renee knows how I have struggled with this, um, how I have wrestled with what do I do with the church, what do I do with where the church is, what do I do with all the new people, what do I do with everything, how, what do I do with the old way and the new way, what do I do with all of that? But maybe we ought to stop looking at it the old way and the new way, and let's just look at it the Bible way. And whether you're old Sand Hill or new Sand Hill, whether you've been here 40 years or you've been here a few weeks, can I say we all ought to want the Bible? We ought to all want the Bible. And listen, if, and I've already preached to you. If I get up here and I start preaching to you what the Bible says and I got it wrong, my door is open to anybody here. If Josh or Miguel or Jacob gets up and preaches and it's not according to the Bible, we have all right to say, listen, that's not Bible. So we're not talking about going by someone's opinions. We're talking about preaching, thus saith the word of God. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth 
provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.